Ready to rock and roll? Ready to rock and roll, bitches. Can you talk regular, man? Yeah, ready to rock and roll. <laughs> this guy. Time to weigh in podcast. All right, hold it. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of the Time to Weigh in podcast. I am DT. My co-host here is JJ. What's good, man? Yo, what's good? What's good, man? What's going on? Anything new, man? Yo, man, you know what, man? Let's, let's talk about this, uh, this March Madness, man. There's been some upsets, man. <laughs> A lot going on in March Madness. You know, um, I'm a little out of touch, man. So I've been we, hearing some uh, some updates on some upsets, man. Some all right, so, ones, so, so two. yeah. So here we go. We're we definitely gonna get into the March Madness bracket. I'm gonna break down every single game. We're gonna go over everything, recap everything. But first and foremost, I want to give our condolences to um, the family of Elgin Baylor, and I want to. I really want to honor him real quick because um, a lot of people don't talk about him enough. You know what? The beautiful thing about Elgin Baylor, man, he gave so much to the game of basketball. Not only that, like, I am a fan of basketball. I don't know a lot about Mr. Elgin Baylor, but I do know this. What I witnessed was that he was Mr. Buckets. He was a walking bucket. He was the original bucket of basketball. That that guy was an amazing scorer. So let me me break it down for you. when we talk about Elgin Baylor, right? So we want to talk about his legacy and we want to talk about his actual basketball career. So Elgin Baylor, about five, five, six, five, six, six. He was, like you said, a walking bucket. So from the time he was in college, right, he went to uh, the College of Idaho, which is an NAI school at that time. It wasn't like a high-level Division One, but it was still a solid school. Um, he ended up transferring to the University of Seattle. Now, keep in mind, he's yeah, he's from, I believe he's from Washington, D.C. area, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, But he he ended up going up to Seattle, University of Seattle. A monster. Killing it. Let me tell you how much he averaged, right? 30, over 30 points a game and slightly over 20 rebounds. What? Yeah. He was one of the best rebounding. A lot of people don't know that. He was one of the best rebounding guards, not only at the collegiate level, but also in the NBA. But over 30 points a game. 20 uh, about 21 rebounds so his freshman year sophomore and junior year he averaged 30 and 20 that's crazy wow (laughs) that was crazy so what ended up happening was after his sophomore year he ended up transferring to seattle um but he had some academic issues so what happened was i think his coach at the time left the position or got fired and all the guys at the time who weren't academically eligible got released from their scholarship. So he had to end up transferring. So he ended up transferring to Seattle after his freshman year, I believe, something like that. And he was killing for both his sophomore and junior years. After his sophomore year is when the Lakers, remember it was Minneapolis Lakers, it wasn't LA yet. Minneapolis Lakers, they drafted him. But at that time, you can elect whether you wanna go into you know go to the team or you can stay in for another year so even though they drafted they had his rights he decided to go for another year in college wow yeah i think he was drafted either 13 or 14th overall but then the, the following year his junior year he was drafted one number one overall by the lakers number one pick the number one pick i think that was a 19 hold on i'll tell you right now 1958 Yo, my yeah, the 1958 draft. Yeah, I'm 1958 still NBA subject draft. here. 
my dad was born in 1958. Wow, yeah, the 1958 wow. draft. He I mean, was drafted 62 years ago. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and this is like now you know I'm an NBA historian. I love. Ba I'm a basketball guy. You know, this, oh, that's, yeah. that's my thing. Basketball. I'm a basketball historian. So even growing up, when I was younger, I used to watch like all this old footage. You know, and even in, like NBA TV, they used to cover some of the older games. I would watch all those games in black and white. So I was a huge fan of Elgin Baylor um, at that time because when you think of an athletic guard, right? You know, we think of the Kobe Bryant's, the Michael Jordans, the Dominique Wilkins, the Dr. J's. He paved the way for those guys with his style of play, right? So the way he played, strong, aggressive, attacking the rim, acrobatic layups. Finishing at the rim, reverses, dunks, you know, you know, in transition with two hands, with one hand. And, you know, at that time, particularly in the 60s, the NBA wasn't perceived to be a flashy league. You know, it was predominantly white. So you had your few black players in the NBA at that time. They were making like $10,000, $15,000 a year, bro. Like, I think he was making $20,000 a year, something like that. That's crazy. <laughs> That was an honest living back then. Yeah, that, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a decent living, but, it, you know, that's why a lot of times when you look at, at those, um, the older, you know, the 50s and 60s, you look at those players, a lot of those guys were working a part-time job, literally as plumbers. You know, we talk about plumbers and mechanics, they were literally working. Taxi drivers. <laughs> they were doing that part-time, <laughs> you know, to feed their families, you know, unless you were like the star of your team, like an Elgin Mailer, you weren't making anything more than $10,000 a year, if that. But Elgin Baylor, he paved the way for us, man. I know when we think of um, basketball players that had to endure, you know, racism and prejudice in the 50s, 60s, and part of the 70s, a lot of times we think of Bill Russell. He, he is the staple. Like, we think of Bill oh, Russell yeah. Oh, yeah. enduring, you know, racial inequality. But I think what we fail, we fail to talk about Elgin Baylor. You know, Bill Russell was like, when you look at Bill Russell, he was in Boston, you know, like going back to Ben Russell and yeah. Elgin Baylor, do you feel like players like them definitely assimilated the racial barrier in the NBA? Yeah, because remember, mm -hmm. um, when you look at, first of all, even look at the Lakers, the Lakers, even that, you know, from Minneapolis to LA, the Boston Celtics, some of the older franchises, right, that were like the original NBA teams. They only had maybe one or two blacks on their team. Very rarely did you see the NBA with teams of like a whole bunch of black guys. So you have to think about it. You know, you had your Oscar Robinsons, the big O. You had the, um, the Big Dipper, Wilt Chamberlain. You had Bill Russell. But you, and you had obviously Elgin Baylor. Jojo White. Right. But that was pretty much it. I mean, we know them now as who they are. But back then, they were great. But... And, I, and I'll tell you a quick story, too, about the NBA So and, and, the, and the ABA. I'm not sure if you know. So the ABA, 60s, late 60s, early 70s, was the league, period. They had the appeal. They had the fancy, colorful ball. They had one of my favorites, who was from my hometown, Dr. J. He was the face of the ABA. Yeah. The face. And where the, he play at? Who? Dr. J. Where, where he play? <laughs> I mean, he's from, you know, but where, where he played? The Virginia Squares. He played for. He played Virginia Squares for a very long time. No, we're not Squares. we Squires. Squires baby. for Squares, you know what whatever. I'm we have to Hold be up. specific. That was what, the ABA was team. It? it was in Richmond, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. But All he's right. not from there. He's from the... But he represented us, though. 
No, he represents Long Island, New he, York. He represented Richmond Squires, though. But, but yeah, he, he has a, a special place, I guess, in his heart. For Yo, he's a legend in Richmond, bro. He is, but like he's, he's not. Ser- but he's like our legend in Richmond because he I played remember, for the Richmond Squires. Bro, I remember when I was I'm seven say, we had or eight a, years old. We had an AAU team called the Virginia Squires because of him. Virginia Squires. That, that put out talent. To go to Division One schools, we, so I gotta, I I'm gotta give gonna, you credit. I, I know, but I'm not gonna fight. On, I'm not gonna fight with you. On who, he belongs to us. Okay, uh, okay I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> like I said, I'm gonna give you credit. I'm gonna give you credit because him coming from New York and him being like the face of the ABA, which he was definitely. And let's be real, like for what Dr. J did, Elgin Baylor, all those guys. Like yeah. you're talking about ABA compared and going into the NBA, they knew. The market and the shift, because, like you said, yeah, the NBA wasn't flashy, right? You know what I'm saying the ABA, like you said, it had the ball, it yeah, had the players, dunk contest, it had the dunk contest, right? So they saw another market. They saw that it was more marketable and more pivotal for them to do what they did, right? So that's that's incredible. That's that's crazy. The, the merging the merging of the ABA and the NBA was the best thing that ever happened in basketball, because at that point, obviously, you had the black players and the white players together in perfect harmony. But the, the, the downfall was there was still a lot of racial inequality. There was still a lot of um, conflict. Because I remember a quick story, especially, especially going into the 70s. The 70s was considered a dark cloud in the NBA because they considered the 70s to be the, the, probably the, the least popular decade because it was... M- the vast majority of teams, it flipped. The vast majority of teams. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, the vast majority. It was a dark time in the NBA history because it was drug infested. A lot of the a lot of the teams were at that point black. Like it, it reversed. Yep. And then what ended up happening was um, a lot of fans just did not like the product of the NBA. So if you look in the stands in the NBA in the seventies, mainly they were they were almost empty, man. They were literally almost empty. So, what we—I mean, of course—what revitalized the NBA was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Hence, the '80s. They brought back the popularity of the NBA. Now, you go back to the '70s. We still had great players. You know, when you, when you look at the the the, the, the merging of the ABA and the NBA, you had the Dr. J. You had the um, um, Ice Man, like George the, Gervin. The, yeah. I mean. I mean, that, that his was, game was, was nice. smooth. That man was nice. Right. Was David nice. Thompson, the slam dunk champ. So we had the athletes, but we didn't have the eyeballs really wide. We didn't have the audience, the fans really watching the game of basketball because it was, like you said, there was a shift that took place from the 60s into the 70s, which I said is considered the, the worst time in the NBA. And then it, it revitalized in the 80s with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And coincidentally, one was black and one was white. And we saw how they mixed, and that was great. But Pete Maravich experienced racism as a white man on an almost all-black team when he played um, for the Hawks, Atlanta, in yeah. the 70s. And big big respect. And, you know, yo, like you're saying, goes in the Bible, man. God, ayo, God protect. And God praise the dead. You know what I'm saying? I would yeah. say this. Pete Maravich, Pistol Pete, Pistol, yeah. played high school basketball in North Carolina. Did you know that? I, I, of course. Absolutely. Yeah, he played for his dad he played in high for school. His dad, yeah, he played yeah for but his dad. that dude, yo, yeah. like, I can understand, which is not fair to say. I'm not going to say I can understand. We, I should never 
ever want to understand racism by any party or partisan. But I will say this, man, that white boy had game, bro. He did? Like, he was, I mean, he wasn't the first to do those type of flashy moves, but, because, you know, black players are doing it at the Rucker. They was doing it right. for years. Right. But he did it on the biggest stage. Right. And he was killing. Yeah. That dude, he was, but, when he played for the Hawks, bro, that but, but, was but, nice. but, but, you know, unfortunately, and I'm going to go back to um, my man Elgin Baylor, because I really want to talk about one thing about his career. But when you talk about Pete Maravich, right, he had all the flashy moves and the passes. They had a they had a documentary. Uh, I'm not sure if it was on ESPN or something like that. that I was watching last year, which it was just astounding because to me, everybody when you look at him, he was flashy and all that, but he lived a very sad life. Yeah, yeah. He, he lived a very sad life. Depressed. It's just it's he, just he, he was manic depressive. Yeah, it, it, it was a very difficult story to even watch, man, because you, you look I forgot at how he passed. You look at you look at him. We'll talk about that in a second. But you look at him and you're like, man, you know, he he was so good. But even when when he played for the Hawks, they weren't winning games. He never really won. If you think about it, like, you know, he went to LSU. Obviously, you know, he all he time leading scorer all in college that, basketball come history. Come on, man, bro. over three thousand points. Like, he had a phenomenal college career, great high school career. But we went to the NBA. It didn't. We saw flashes of him, but it just didn't pan out for him to be like. For whatever reason, it just didn't pan out in terms of being overall success. Then he ended up going. He, I think, got Utah traded. Jazz. He, he got traded to the Jazz, Utah Jazz, and almost was never heard from again. I think he ended up going. He went to the Jazz, and I think he went to Boston. He was on the bench, and he didn't play that much. And after that, he just literally disappeared. You know, before he passed away. But that that story is kind of sad. But I, I kind of want to get real quick to um and and I was telling you about the the whole racial thing. That's what we're talking about. How like a lot of his teammates that were black, they did not even like him. They didn't like his style of play or anything like that. And I'm like, the dude, the dude could play. But he they a lot of people did just not. They didn't accept him for for whatever reason. And he was kind of like one of those guys that was introverted and just kind of isolated himself. But I don't think I think he was underappreciated too. Very much. Absolutely. But getting back to Elgin Baylor and why he was unappreciated, and we talked about his acrobatic ability and finishing around the rim and reverse slaves and all that, he played on, again, majority white team or whatever. Even if they were in a big market, it was still considered Jerry West's team. It was still considered Jerry West's team. Yeah. And I love Jerry West. Jerry West is nice. He's the logo of the NBA. Yeah, but shit. Elgin really, Miller was the best player. I was about to say that because I'm like, yo, you know what? It's like, how did you. F- I'm going to stay on subject because, you know, talking about the logo and it being yeah. Jerry West. Right. How, did, how do you feel about just basketball and they wanted to change the logo to Kobe? I, I saw that. I, I, they, How did you feel about that? Um, I love Kobe. Um, they, they also proposed Michael Jordan being <laughs> the logo for the NBA. I can see both. I can see both positions, like both arguments. I am kind of an old school throwback guy where I'm, I am kind of used to seeing the logo as it is. I never even really knew. I didn't realize it was Jerry West until I was like 17, 18. I didn't even know who that was. Like, I didn't know what it represented. I just thought it was like a silhouette. I didn't know it was actually Jerry West. But then when I found out, I actually kind of appreciated the fact that it was it was Jerry West because Jerry West was one guy that played he played so hard, man. And let me tell you a quick story too. Like one of the things about Jerry West, like, and he was talking about how 
um, El Elgin Baylor meant to him in his life. Like he looked at the Elgin Baylor like a big brother. He was a mentor. Like he was very emotional about talking about um, Elgin Baylor, which of course passed away. We're talking about Elgin Baylor because he passed away a couple of days ago in his home, surrounded by his family. But at 86 years old, he was like, man, he was like a big brother to me. You know what I'm saying? And the thing about those two, they were like brothers. I mean, they, they were the backcourt for the Lakers for like eight, nine, ten years. But the thing that hurt both their legacies, but specifically Elgin Baylor, he never won a championship, man. I didn't know that. Nah, I thought he, he never did won a championship. Think about the 60s and 70s, specifically the 60s. Who was What team was dominating in the 60s? Boston Celtics. That's exactly why the Lakers went to eight straight, I believe it was seven or eight straight NBA Finals and lost every time. Every single time. You are giving me yeah. a history lesson. When you think you know sports and you found out. <laughs> you already know basketball. I think. I'm, it, most it, of this off the top of the dome. This is off the top of my head because I read. I remember growing up, man, and talking about Elgin Baylor. I used to read so many like slam magazine books. I used to go to the library to, to read stories about Dr. J and Julius Urban. This is why I know. But I couldn't believe as... A friend, LA, the Lakers as a franchise like that, you know, they lost so many NBA finals. This is why it was such a rivalry between them and between Boston. The Boston so Celtics. that was that that was what did they it. could not get over the hump. Now, what helped them get over the hump, and unfortunately, Elgin Baylor wasn't be able to wasn't a, a part of it. Was when the Big Dipper joined the Lakers. My boy. Yeah, you love you love. Well, it's still baby. He helped them yes, overcome. Sir. Remember the battles between him and um, Bill Russell. He helped them overcome that, and they eventually did beat the, 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 the Boston Celtics. But unfortunately, Elgin Baylor had already retired because think about his, his style of play. A, an aggressive rebounder, athletic guard. Very physical game. Physical game. He could shoot the ball, too, very well. Had a pretty stroke, but he had knee problems towards the end of his career, man. He played from, I believe, 1958. To 1971, yeah, you know, but his his career was quite a little shorter, a, you know, a little shorter because the knees, and that was it, and that was all he wrote. So the only thing that he's eleven or ten, no, he's eleven time NBA All Star man, eleven time, and I think ten of those he he made first team. I mean, he he led. The conference in, in in college and rebounding. There's nothing really that he didn't do, except for win a championship. Mm. That's the only thing. Other than that, his name is his numbers retired. All that, bro. He has scored over twenty two thousand points. Like he was a bucket. So we just wanted to honor Elgin Baylor because he's one of the greats. That again, you know, how we like to talk about the underrated. He's one of the greats that I don't know. He doesn't get mentioned a lot. But he definitely should be. So we really wanted to take that time to talk about um, Elgin Baylor, man. Mm. So I, I, I'm, dro I'm dropping some nuggets. I, oh, today, you, bro. you dropping crazy nuggets. <laughs> so is, is he is he like the Sandy Sadler Sadler of basketball? He kind of is like Sandy Sadler, yeah, because he 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 paved the way for so many guys in the way that he played. But it's like you got to look at old film and you. But the thing is, imagine if he didn't play for Lakers, you really wouldn't know who he was. I mean, LA always been a market. You know, he, he was been an, he was an original Laker. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before you know, I mean, you go back. I mean, the original Lakers. I ain't um, even trying to be funny. Like when I think of 
Minneapolis Lakers. George Mikan. I was about to say that. I think of George Mikan, bro. Yeah. That's crazy. He's considered one of the greatest Lakers ever. But ironically, he was playing for... He, first of all, they have a drill dedicated to George Mikan. The Mikan drill. Layup, back and forth, right hand, left hand. So you know how great he was as a center. But he, you know, he was way before his time. And um, but we listen. Growing up, I, I I study this stuff and I love basketball. I love the history of it. I didn't even know who Mike and was until I because I was like, where do we get this Mike and drill from? And I had to look it up. Yeah, I knew about George Mike and yeah, even I knew about George. No, Mikan. I know, but I'm talking about when I was young. The I was Mike like and drill, seven yeah. or eight years old. We're, we're you know we're on the basketball team or the, I guess middle school. I probably was, and I first learned about the I Mike mean, and drill. He was like what five ten when you was eight. Not quite. You. <laughs> I mean, my bad. I, I think I might have been like 5'9", though. I was always the tallest kid in my class. I'll tell you that. Well, moving on. So, yeah, we wanted to talk about Elgin Baylor, man. And I think that it's important to, to talk about him. I'm posting him on my Instagram, too. I'm going to have my Skip Baylor's moment. So, we're going to get to this. What the world's been watching lately are these upsets in March Madness. That's right, baby. And you have predicted... Favorite time of the year. You have pre. This is the thing I have to give my brother. <laughs> now we, you know, this is like my big brother. We hang out, and you know, he was telling me about March Madness. He was telling me a lot, of, all a lot of this NBA talent in these Division One schools are not giving very much recognition, but are doing very well in the tournament. The mid majors, yeah. The mid majors. There you go. The mid majors. Mm-hmm. And now he absolutely, I, I don't know how he did it. I'm not going to take all credit for it. I don't know how. No, no, I'm going to give this brother some <laughs> But you did say right. that there were going to be a lot of number ones. Actually, no, you said there were going to be a lot of number two seeds that will be upset. It, and it happened. Like Jim Lampley, it happened. It, it did happen. We can go right into that Ohio State game for those of us who watched That was the number two. I didn't even have Ohio State advancing very far anyway, to be honest with you. But I am a little bit shocked that Oral Roberts beat them. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So I, I'm not going to say that I had Oral Roberts beating Ohio State. I can't say that. I can't. But you want to go into the details on why is Oral Roberts? Is UCLA still in the tournament? UCLA is. Let, all right. We're going back and forth. But let me go back. <laughs> let me give you some credit. <laughs> You haven't watched college basketball yeah. all year long. You talk, I watch. I try to watch every <laughs> single college game. But you know, one of the conferences that I don't... I know you asked me about this the other day about the conferences that are strong, strongly represented in the tournament and stuff like that. Ironically, the Pac-12 is doing so good in this tournament. And that's the tournament that I will honestly say I don't respect as much. I don't know why. I just... I don't think of them as a top conference. I think of the Big 12, the Big 10, typically the ACC, but of course they're down this year. But I don't really think of the Pac-12. And and even when I look at the past few um, March Madness brackets, like my old brackets, I don't really see a lot of Pac-12s representing Oregon, maybe. But we have Oregon State that's advancing. You got Oregon, that's advancing. You got UCLA, which is a team that I don't know if you predicted them, but you somehow mentioned them because they came all the way back and beat Michigan State, and I was about to fall asleep because I was pretty certain Michigan State was going to win. 
and you have USC. USC was the only team that I actually had advancing pretty far because I'm going to tell you why USC is good. You know, you're talking about uh, potential lottery picks and NBA pros. Mobley is a bona fide, potentially a bona fide stud. What position? Big man? So he's a forward center. Forward yeah. center. Evan Mobley, he, he has a brother on his team too. But Evan Mobley, long, athletic, um, he defends the rim very, very well. I mean, he has a nice patented jump shot, could finish with either hand. USC is just a, a pretty complete team. They have pretty good guard play, but you can't really score on them inside. Like, you try to get to the rack. It's not happening. Nah, they're probably going to block your shot or at least deter you from getting a good shot. What are, what are, the, what are their main strengths as a team? Other than their defense, that you're speaking. Well, that's about. the main thing. Like, I'm, uh, offensively, they're pretty good. They're not known to be like a high scoring team. They're probably in the middle of the pack in terms of that. But overall, when it comes to what USC is doing, like you look at the just look at how the bracket is falling, though, man. Like when you look at USC, they're in the West region, and they're also playing some really good teams. So let's say I, they beat Drake, right? Drake beat Wichita State barely um, in the first round. That was uh, the first four in, right? So they beat Drake. Drake was, I don't know if you remember, in the early part of the year, Drake was like 18, 19, and 0, something like that. They were, I'm not talking about the rapper, they was hot. Chill. <laughs> like, they was hot. Chill. <laughs> chill. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to catch my butt chill, bro. Nah, Drake, <laughs> nah, they were, they was like 18 and 0, so they, they looked like unstoppable. And then they came down to earth, they lost a few Show games. you the best. I know, right? This guy. So Drake, they beat Wichita State in the first round. USC went on to play Kansas. Why? They beat USC beat Drake. Kansas beat Eastern Washington, which is, I mean, that's a layup. Eastern Washington's not that good. But last night, USC destroyed Kansas by like 30 almost. I couldn't believe it. I knew USC was good. I didn't realize that they were good. Look at the bracket. They beat them like 86 to 50-something. This is all the top of my head because I, I forgot the exact score, but they beat them 86. That was, they bludgeoned them. Yo. Nobody expected that. Yo. I didn't even hear about that. I'm so out of, I've been so out of touch mm -hmm. with basketball a little bit because of last year, of course, there was yeah, no tournament. Whole, right. And it just, it didn't interest me enough because there really wasn't a lot of hype on high school recruits going into college. So I just kind of fell off a little bit. Well, it don't, listen to me. For me, as a, as, a, as a basketball fan, right, you know how I am. I, I just, of course, we were all disappointed with the pandemic and just stopping you know, the basketball stoppage and as, as a whole. But for me, I couldn't wait for this year. I couldn't wait for basketball to resume. I was looking forward to 2020 March Madness bracket. And, of course, now we have 2021. So I, I, I'm looking at this every day, just enjoying it because, you know, I'm even, I, I filled out the women's bracket. And I'm paying attention. That's yeah, you go hard. I'm even watching. <laughs> matter of fact, as we speak, um, I think uh, UConn, and I don't know the score right now. UConn is playing Syracuse. You know, and Paige, I call her Paige Buckets, but Paige, Paige Beckers, she's phenomenal. She, she's she's she the truth. She, yeah, she's a phenom. Yeah, They're playing the Syracuse right now as we see as we speak. I have them in the Final Four. But getting is back she, to USC, is she a phenom or a prodigy? Both. Yeah, she sees nice. She's both. Bro. She and she's nice. from Minnesota too. Minnesota's been producing some some legit um, basketball players, um, including Suggs. But let's go back to USC real quick because they have a chance 
to advance very far in the West region. Now, I don't, I don't see them beating Gonzaga, but they're in the Sweet 16. They have to face, let's see, hmm, Oregon, because Oregon beat Iowa last night, or last yesterday afternoon. And um, and speaking of a pro, Iowa has Garza, who's Luke Garza is probably going to be the player of the year. Big man, senior. I think he's a senior. Yeah, he's a senior. He's going to be an NBA pro. He's good. He can step from the outside. Big burly kid, 6'10", 6'11", I think he is. He can finish over his shoulder, left, right. There's nothing really he can't do. He's not athletic, of course. Like He's, he's a big, burly, strong guy. But uh, he's going to probably be the um, college player of the year, I think. But they lost. Oregon, Oregon beat them by like 25. And remember, I was a number two seed. I expected Iowa to play Gonzaga in the um, Elite Eight, man. Ooh. So right now, like you said, it, it's probably going to be the winner because USC beat Kansas. So it's, it's going to be USC versus Oregon. The way Oregon's playing, they play a good defensive style as well. They got good guard play. They can beat USC. So we'll see. So that's the West. That's pretty much the West region. The West region, Gonzaga should... For the most part, they probably has have the easiest path to get to the final four, Gonzaga. That's the scary part about the that's the scary part. You look at it look easy, but like you it, said, nothing's easy. Nothing's easy. No, I that's what I'm saying. Like March easy. Madness, like you it, told me. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. You're right. I, listen, I don't <laughs> The way things are looking, man, I, I just can't they're, it looks like they're gonna be playing, I think they're playing um what are they playing? Oklahoma or Creighton. I think they're playing Creighton. I don't know. We'll see. But speaking of Gonzaga, so everybody has them either in the final – well, most people have them in the final four. They're a well-coached team. Mark Few is phenomenal. Well-coached team. Mark, Mark, Coach Mark Few, he, he knows how to get his guys ready and prepared and focused. He's a phenomenal recruiter, right? Um, for a mid-major like Gonzaga, they're considered a mid-major only because of the conference that they play in. But they've been a good teams for a long time. Yeah, great teams. They went. To, they, they was in the finals. What two, three years ago? Yeah, 2018, 2019. Yeah, and but of course, you know, UNC. Right, but it doesn't matter. He he knows how to get players to buy into his system, to buy into his program. And you know what's so crazy about Gonzaga though, that he typically never really has one and dones. I think I told you this the other day. Like he usually has guys for at least two to three years. So he'll have. Um, like Timmy, the big man, he's a junior, I believe. He's very skilled inside. Finished with either hand, can shoot it from the outside. Um, he's going viral, by the way. He has weird, weird ass mustache going on. I don't know what. Like he got, he got a mustache. Look at your phone. I don't, I don't even got my phone. Oh, okay. He but, got the Mark Twain. Yeah, he got the the this the. You know what I'm saying? This going on. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> yeah, you know they. Yeah. But he's a good. He's 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 a good player. Then you got um. Jalen, you got Suggs, man. Suggs. What can I say about Suggs? You told me about this kid. NBA pro. You told me about this kid. From Minnesota. <clears throat> Two-sport athlete. I think I told you. Yeah, you told me about this kid. Yo, he could easily be a, a, a starting quarterback for a big-time school. Yeah, you, you told me he was like the number one recruit in, out of come out of high school at quarterback, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about mm-hmm. this kid. So him, athletic, obviously... He, there's nothing he can't do from the guard position, in my opinion. Can he shoot? Absolutely. He can get to the basket. Is he athletic? 
I mean, he has athleticism, uber, like, literally coming out of his ears, man. So, with that being said. And strong. And then Kisper, one more guy. Top Kis- 15 pick? Well, well, Suggs is going to be a top 10. Top Ki- 10? I think he's going to be a top 10. Wow. Pick. Especially if they win the championship, he's going to be a top 10 and maybe even the top 5 because he's a coachable young man that does everything right and he's a good defender. He averages, I think, I don't know, like one and a half, almost two steals a game, something like that. Crazy. And then you have their best shooter, Kispert, who's actually their leading scorer on the team. He averages like almost 20 a game. He, he can shoot it like Kyle Korver, bro. Like he's out there waiting for you hold to on, leave him. Hold, hold on, he's bro. waiting for you to leave him you, open. You, you said shoot like Kyle Korver. On the college level, yeah. I think he'll, I think that will translate in the NBA, but from a collegiate standpoint. When Kyle Korver was at Creighton, he was cold. Yeah. Cold. Yeah, you got to watch Kisper play then. Yeah, I got I got I got I got look He's shooting YouTube. almost 50% from 3. What? Over I think it's 47% something like that for the season. Yeah. Wow. He don't That's miss, like that's like don't, don't leave him open. That's like I don't just, let him shoot. He, he <laughs> wants you to leave him open. But the whole team can shoot. The only problem I have with them is that they're a good defensive team, but sometimes they get into a um scoring match. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can outscore them, you might be able to beat them. I'm not sure. Mm. But they're balanced, so it doesn't really matter. Like, I think they're the best team in it. They're easily the best team in this whole tournament. I like balanced teams. Yeah. Them and Baylor. You've been talking about Baylor. I love Baylor, man. Even though I had them, I think I had them So, if, if they were recruiting Jesse, would you make Jesse go to Baylor? My son? Yeah. Now, I love Baylor. I mean, it's in Texas. And you know, you and I... <laughs> We want we to love, find a reason to love, go to Texas. We love the state of Texas. So, Baylor, yeah, I mean, they have some good and bad history with Baylor. But overall, I, I like their program overall. And I, but particularly this year, I love what Baylor's doing. I, you know, they have very strong guard play with Butler, who's going to be an NBA pro. He's not going to be a lottery pick, though, I don't think. But he's an NBA pro. Um, Mitchell is probably the best defender in the whole tournament. At least from a guard position, like he 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 locks. Like when I say he lock, like you want somebody to lock somebody up, you put David Mitchell. They probably not gonna score like that. Hmm. Pretty big hands. I'm gonna say. Um, from what you're saying. But they don't they don't necessarily have an easy path too because Villanova has been hot, and Arkansas if they can get past Oral Roberts. That's going to be hard. Baylor doesn't have an easy road I pick either. an upset. All rivals will beat Arkansas. You heard it from me first. All right. You heard it from me first. Bet $5, $10? I'm not betting that because the way All Robbers playing, they might mess around and get to the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I like the underdogs. So. You do love the underdogs, man. Like I like the underdogs, man. So All Robbers, first of all, I bet you don't even know where All Robbers is. It's like, in Texas. No, it's actually not. I thought so, too. It's in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Man. Tulsa. Oh. Wow. I thought yeah. it was in Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you know, I think of like Oral Roberts. Like I, saw that, I saw that movie Midwest about South. Cedric Pearson. You know? Yeah. So I, I thought like, no, nah, it's, it's in Tulsa. See, that's my point. You're not the only one. Most of America doesn't even know. <laughs> Y'all feel dumb as hell. No, nobody really knows what's going on with Oral Roberts. But whatever it is between them and Loyola Chicago, I'm rooting for both those underdogs. Loyola Chicago beat. Illinois, man, and I, I, you I, had Illinois going very far in the tournament. That's why I, I, I really go, right? Listen to me. I, let, let me let me go back real quick. Oh shit! I, I told you. I, I listen. I'm not perfect, and I know oh, basketball. Oh shit! But I'm I'm ready to just tear, tear this bracket up because you know what it is about March Madness. Like you want to be right, but I actually don't mind being wrong. 
because I want to see the underdogs win. I want to see the Cinderellas. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? If, you, if you're always right on this, it, it takes the fun out of March Madness. Like, you want to be wrong. Plus, for me, I love underdogs like you. But you know there's going to be an upset. You just don't know, like, which teams are going to, you know what I'm saying? You don't know which teams are going to upset. Because you look at Baylor, like I said, them and Gonzaga is probably the most complete team. Baylor might mess around and lose next round. They'll have an off night because it's one and done. You have an off night, you're done. You know what I'm saying? They 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 should rap. They should lack Wisconsin. They beat Wisconsin bad. Wisconsin's always pretty good. Too. They were good. They 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 destroyed my uh, Tar Heels. You know. Oh uh, yeah, we, we're not talking anything I, from North Carolina this year. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Duke. <sighs> yeah. You know we were so bad that we blame. We we want to just fake like. The whole team caught COVID, so we didn't have to show our face. <laughs> yep, Coach K, you bad. should be you should you terrible. should be ashamed of yourself. But that, that wasn't that wasn't specifically on Duke though. It was it was the NCAA, and I and I, and I agree with you. I, th- I feel like if COVID, let's say somebody was COVID, somebody's been you know detected with um, contact tracing or whatever it is, you should isolate that one individual player, coaching staff, whoever. Take that person away, test and retest everybody else. If they're good to go, let them play. That's what happened to um, VCU. I know you're not going to be happy about this. VCU was... Oh, I heard. Yeah. They, they, they were not allowed to play mm-hmm. because of COVID cases. Yep. So they were out of the tournament, and they exactly. didn't even get to play. And That's crazy. They were supposed to play Oregon, which is the team that's... And they would have gave them that work. I know you like VCU. Richmond all day. Hey, yeah, yo, I know. Not, yo, my you, city, I let, I let everybody know. know. Let everybody know, look, man. Yeah. East side, west side, south side. If anybody's from Rich, Richmond that's listening Richmond, to this. Richmond, man. I love y'all, yeah. man. We in the building all day. Always. The city, city that made me, man. I, 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 You know what? VCU was, well, I considered them a little bit of a, a dark horse. I could have seen, I could have seen them beaten. Let me see. Would they have beaten Oregon? It's possible because they got, they got this kid named Bones. You told me about him. NBA prospect. Yo, you told me about him. I, I think, I think, and they're just now catching on to him. See, this is the thing, like, I've been watching these guys play for, like, I don't just catch on. I have an eye for talent. It's funny you say that because the same thing for a uh, homeboy we had that got drafted that was a big man, good defensive player, played in Milwaukee Bucks, Saunders. Yeah, Larry. Larry Saunders. And he was underrated, Larry. Not, not really big on the radar until mm-hmm. he went to the tournament. His heart wasn't in basketball anymore, though. That's why he retired it, early. Yeah. He, he wanted to do other things. Yeah. He, but he wanted. He just wasn't focused. Like you say, he wasn't focused on basketball, but he and he left the sport early. He tried. He was trying to make a comeback like a year or two ago, but nah. But you're right. But VCU was a dark horse to beat. I was rooting for them, but then the whole COVID thing, I was like, that. that that's the that's only thing that puts a damper to the tournament this year is the whole COVID thing. Because they said multiple players. No, I don't even know if it's players. Multiple people associated with VCU had COVID. I'm like, okay, if it wasn't any of the players, because they didn't specify. Mm. That's what I'm like. It's a little weird. They didn't specify it was the players, if it was the coaching staff or whatever. It could have been someone that maybe one of the players were hanging out with or whatever it was. And they said, oh, they, they can't play. This is the loaded, because you know, me and my loaded questions. You know, I'm right. not good at just straightforward questions. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, looking at this whole tournament, looking at these good teams with good NBA prospects, the draft is coming up. Yep. How, how detailed, how interesting for college basketball fans right. 
and NBA fans after March Madness, how interested will people be or who gets I think, drafted? I think now, it's always like this. When March Madness comes around and you see um, these colleges, these universities, these mid-majors, these blue bloods on TV, right, on the biggest stage in America, because this is, March Madness is probably the most popular time in America's sports, specifically, not just because it's basketball, because I love basketball, but because of the gambling aspect of it. Right, there's a lot of gambling that's involved. So everybody and their mother literally is watching college basketball right now. So you're going to see you're going to see NBA prospects, even if you're not necessarily the biggest college fan, you can kind of tell who's gonna be a good pro or at least get drafted, let's say for example. So, like you said, there's quite a few NBA prospects in here. Kate uh, Cunningham, who plays for Oklahoma State. Uh, Top three pick. I'm going to make a point here. He was already projected to be a number one pick. I told you that before. I think that he's a phenomenal basketball player. I think he's silky smooth. I think he's a great playmaker. He has a very good shooting Who's the number one pick this year? This year? You on the draft board? Who who is my Pistons, right? Well, not yet. We don't know yet, but But your Detroit Pistons, (laughs) well, right now you might as well just say it because the season's not over, but they're so bad, I don't think they're going to win another one. Yo, chill out, bro. But right now, who's projected to have the number one pick? It's either the Pistons or the Rockets. The Rockets are terrible. Um, But I think it's going to be the Pistons. Anyway, so Cunningham is a phenomenal player, but losing the way they lost and the fact that he didn't perform all that well in the tournament overall to me, may hurt his draft stock. Top three? Top ten? He'll be, because he's such a good basketball player and I think his game will translate into the NBA he's very young. well. He's still very, very young. Very young. He's a freshman. He's so he'll probably still be a top five pick, but his performance wasn't that great. I still think he'll go one or two, but you still got other guys that are going to be uh, Jalen Green. I'm big. I'm high on Jalen Green. But, um... Oh. Alright, so you was asking about the NBA talent that's currently still in the tournament. Yes. So, so we talk. We we actually live right here on. We deck. actually live on deck. So if you hear any outside <laughs> trucks, don't ayo. Do not. I repeat. I repeat. Do not judge why us. T- why are you talking into the to the mic like that? All right, do not judge us, man. We are in the state of North Kakalaki. <laughs> okay, the Red Knicks put on for their city. We love them too. I love y'all. All right, let's get into this game. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm Before, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you let this guy talk, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> this guy's a clown, bro. <laughs> anyway, let's get back into the to, to the tournament real quick before as we wrap this up. But before we do, so we talked about Cunningham, a pro, top five prospect, who I think will go at least top five, top ten. Um... We talked about Mobley from US, USC, the big man, who I think is a top 10 pick. Suggs from Gonzaga. And notice, and this is what I say when I talk about teams that advance very far. One thing I will say is when I look at college basketball teams, I do the first thing I look off the jump. Do they have an NBA prospect, an NBA pro on their team? That's important to me. Like, I don't know how everybody else evaluates, like, these teams advancing. But you got to have talent to win. You do have to have some talent. If you have an NBA prospect, that's good. If you have good, strong guard play, 
That's why I like Baylor. Great teams have guard. Yeah, you have to have guys that can play that can because they dictate the games. They can dictate the offense in a lot of ways. They can dictate the defense, but you got to have guys that can get to the basket that can create plays for other guys. Um, and that's so that's why I like Baylor. Of course, Suggs is going to be a top ten pick. Um, Ohio got a kid, um, Preston, good playmaker. They lost last night um, to Creighton, and I actually had them. I thought they would upset them, but they didn't. And Creighton has been Creighton has been surprised. Creighton and Syracuse has been a surprise to me, mainly Creighton because Creighton, you know, their coach McDermott, he, he said something that was racially insensitive, and they, yeah, he said something that was racially. Doug insensitive. McDermott's dad. Yeah, he coaches. He's been coaching for Creighton for the past like what six, seven, eight years, something like that. Wow. So he said something to his players. I think he was trying to motivate them, but you can't. What he said was inappropriate. He was comparing like playing hard and working hard, comparing to like a plantation, something like that. What? Yeah, Yo, racially. You got to hold up, hold racial, up. Yeah, for everybody, inse- for, yeah. for everybody, I'm going, I'm going off the hinges. Okay, I got Napoleon complex. We so, know. So just bear with me. You have to elaborate on this, please. How do you compare well, plantations to the hardwood? Well, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just. I'm just going to tell you from what I know, because I, I didn't really get into all of it. I just know that it was a racially insensitive remark comparing the plantation, and we know how black people are very sensitive to that. Um, comparing, I, I think he was trying to motivate his team or get him to play hard or whatever it was, but that was not an appropriate statement to even use. The, was he using it to black players? The vast majority of... These basketball players are black. The, the Creighton team is pretty mixed. They have a they yeah, have some good always players, been a mixed team. But, but Creighton, you know, the mo- most of the players on on the team are black. Yeah, not that it, it matters as much, but for the, the the black players that are on that team, you have to be sensitive to that. Yeah, I would. They suspended him. Well, I don't. It, so what ended up happening was they, Well, what ended up happening was. And I understand players. Players are looking at it as their coaches like, that's my coach. We support him. He made a mistake. He, he did apologize. They embraced him. They supported him. They stood up for him. And what happened was they overturned that suspension and he came right back in and, and he coached. And it seems, and I'm not saying that's the reason. I had them losing because of that. I had them losing because they weren't playing. First of all, going into the Big East tournament, they weren't playing all that well. They lost early. And then... Going into this this tournament, the March Madness tournament, I had them losing. I think I had them losing in the first round. Yeah, I had them as an upset to UC Santa Barbara. They oh, beat wow. them, but they beat them. Then they went ahead and they beat Ohio. They're actually playing really well. So it could be that they're rallying around their coach, man, and they're playing hard for him. And I don't know. Like they they've got they've advanced further than I thought they would. What if Creighton wins the whole thing? I don't see that happening. <laughs> but then again, you know you what? See your face, that's bro. that's not out of is it out of realm possibility? I mean, a biggest a Big East team. Big East used to back in the day, yo. Big East used to be a strong conference. This is not the basketball. same Big East. Oh, I know, man. I know, I know. <laughs> it is not the same. That's why I'm saying it used to be. Listen. I'll, all right, I'll, let's, let's put you this way. If if Creighton somehow beats Gonzaga, 
somehow, meaning you have strong doubt. I I would I ain't gonna go that far. I was gonna say I would bet. I'm I'm, I'm not gonna bet because with March Madness, anything can happen. Best of Yeezys, huh? Better pair of Yeezys. I'm not betting. Come because, on, because nah, no money, just you know spending money. But better pair of Yeezys, bro. Well, I'm not betting on Creighton. I'm not even rooting for Creighton. I don't think they're. I think they're a solid team, but you know they're what? not strong enough. Because let's say, for example, this. All right, so let's say they beat Gonzaga in Sweet Sixteen, right? Somehow, then they're gonna have to, to play the winner of USC and Oregon. And right now, the way things are looking, the Pac-12 is to me showing that they're the stronger conference in this tournament. I think it, the winner of the USC Oregon. Oh, uh, yeah. The winner of USC Oregon might end up going to the Final Four. Because, but there's no way. You heard it here first. There's no way Creighton's beating Gonzaga. Okay. Just check, not happening. Check this out. Since you I just are so see. strong about that. Right. Anything's possible. If Creighton beats <laughs> Gonzaga. Right. That's better pair of easy on it. Why are you you see? This I'm, trying to, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get some Yeezys, bro. To, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I'm trying, trying to, get to some, I'm trying to get some Yeezys, bro. You, you, you know what you're doing? You're trying to throw everybody's bracket upside down. And it's you know, already upside down as it is now. Right, now, check literally, it, check it, check it. Nobody's gonna know who's gonna win this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some crazy. I'm so confident in UCLA. You did say UCLA, but you they're, they're, they will go to the Elite Eight. They're already in the Elite Eight. Oh, my God. So, I'm even better. Even I mean, better. I'm sorry. No, they're in the Sweet 16. Sweet 16. But the way they're playing, they're playing really good. Johnny, uh, Zuzang. Yo, they will go to Elite Eight. If they go to Final Four, well, you know what? You I know mean, what? honestly. Since, since I. Well, let's, let's back up. So, bet. what you're saying. All right. So, we already know that you say they spanked. I, I saw that coming. Abilene Christian, they they obviously upset Texas. That's a, that's a mid-major. They beat Texas. Texas actually hurt themselves. They had like 22 tunnels, something like that. Um, it, you're right. UCLA could beat Alabama. Yes. Alabama, but this is what I'll say about Everybody Alabama. Everybody talk about Alabama. You know, a lot of my homeboys mm -hmm. that's doing brackets, they got Alabama going Final Four, bro. I had Alabama in the Final Four. I did. People, but, you know, homeboys at work talking about, yo, they Alabama looking sweet. Let, let's put it this way. I'm going to present it like this. The East region is the most intriguing. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, like you said, Alabama can't be beat. Will they win? I, I have my money still on Alabama. I, th I, I think they're a stronger team than UCLA. I think finally UCLA will be exposed. They got lucky. They end up, they, they squeezed the win out of Michigan State when they should have lost that one in overtime. Everybody. I told you about that. They beat Abilene, Abilene Christian. I, I think Abilene Christian was just happy that they beat Texas. They beat Abilene Christian by like 20. The real test is you say they against Alabama. I have Alabama beating them. They have the shooters. John Petty and those guys. I, I think they've been the best team in the SEC all year. I think they're going to beat UCLA. Who I mean, got, UCLA, who, period. Wishful thoughts, wishful thinking. Who do you have? Who are you favoring the most to win it all? I told you. Well, all right, let's go back. One team. Who do you have winning the it win all? I, I don't It's all March right. Madness. It's it is March Madness. If I had to pick, I'm going to be honest with you, a, a sleeper team, I, not only do I want to see win, but I have a feeling that they might beat me. I think Florida State 
will beat Michigan. And Florida State is deep. You want to talk about an NBA pro? Scotty Barnes is an NBA pro. He's going to be a one and done. He's good. Six, seven, six, eight. He's really tall, very long, versatile. He's kind of like an explosive off the ground. Yeah, he's athletic. I mean, he's not overly athletic, but he's very athletic. But he's he's like he's a playmaking forward slash guard. He can play multiple positions. He can defend multiple positions. And Florida State just has like ten guys that go deep. They like ten guys that can all play and give you like they. Ha- I think Leonard Ham- Coach Hamilton has like nine, not nine, seven or eight guys that average like close to double digits, bro. Something like that. So who you got? And I'm not even looking at the numbers right now. I'm just telling you off the top of my head. Who you got winning the joint? Oh, oh, I told you Gonzaga. Gonzaga. They're the most balanced team. But you're saying if they lose. I have no idea. (laughs) No, okay. I have no idea. Everybody, you hear it from me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do a free giveaway. Oh, this guy. If Gonzaga wins the whole thing, I'm copping my man's a pair of Yeezys on me, man. That's not going on a limb, though, man. Because Gonzaga's favored to win by pretty much everybody because they're the best team in the tournament. If but they if win. They win if but who, they who, do you, who do you feel might win other than Gonzaga? Well, you said Creighton. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Everybody, you hear it from me. It's crazy. I'm going to say something crazy because I don't know nothing about these teams. I have not been keeping up <laughs> nothing. Check this out. But I'm going to make this. It's usually when the I'm, guys that don't know anything win. I, I'm going to make this brave <laughs> prediction. Right. UCLA oh my goodness, will bring back the Bruin pride Lord have mercy. to University of California, Los Angeles. They will win it all. You heard it from me first, UCLA. And if UCLA wins, my homeboy, has, yo, you owe me a pair of Yeezys. I'll bro. buy you two. Go! UCLA. So, no, you know what? Matter of fact, you are smoking crack, man. You got to be on some. Uh, I'm pookie, baby. So, wait, check where's me. your mother? I have to get you drug tested. <laughs> There is no way in hell UCLA is winning the whole thing. That that would be honestly that would be March Madness in a nutshell because the way things are looking, it could be pretty much UCLA versus Loyola of Chicago. I don't know. Nobody if, knows. If, if Gonzaga wins, I will cop you any pair of Yeezys. Any pair. I should get. But 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 any pair. I, I really should get two. A two. Well, I mean, you you you, you want a Negro to spend about. $2,000. I'm very confident that they will wipe Creighton off the floor. They should. But I'm talking about the final, the, the winner of March Yeah, that, but that's going to, once they wipe Creighton, they will have a hard, I think they might, if USC does beat Oregon, I think they might have a little bit of a hard time with USC, though. Like, like, we, like, Cause like, USC, yeah, cause you're you, basketball, unboxing, styles, even styles, styles of play. Fights, right. And that, styles of play. That was the same thing. I woke up Sunday morning right before our tournament because, you know, we're coaching down in Atlanta for our team, right before our championship game took place. And in the morning, I looked very heavily. I said, Illinois versus Loyola. I said, the more I look at this matchup, I think Illinois might lose. And they did. Yep, because I was like, wait a <laughs> I was nervous. I said, I looked at my bracket. This is this is why basketball. So it's such. It's just like you said, boxing. Very similar to boxing, particularly when it comes to college basketball. Styles make fights. I looked at Loyola of Chicago and I looked at Illinois. I said, wait a minute. Loyola is a phenomenal. They're a great defensive team. They have good guard play. They have a a big man. I think his name is Ludwig. He looks like he's seventy. You want to talk about bullhead? You, you talking about hair thinning? Yeah, chill out, bro. Don't do me like that. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm not saying you're... What I'm saying I is, got the Homer Simpson chill. No, no, no. This guy... I, I Listen, Ludwig is a big, burly, big man, right? 6'10", 6'11". He's good. 
He got the horseshoe? He got the Hulk Hogan? Yeah. No, well, no, his hairline is like, I don't know what's, I can't even call it. But whatever's happening up there, it's going back. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. The, the, I have respect for Loyola. They can play. <laughs> what you laughing at? He said, whatever's going on up there. Yeah, like back and back. Oh, shit. Like, like Drake, oh, back Sorry. to back. But anyway, when I looked at the, um, the matchup right before the, the game started, I was like, yo, they could win. Plus, they got Sister Jean. People are saying this divine intervention is. She makes. She has prayers. You know that she has prayers about them playing good. She's a nun. Loyal. Yeah. That's Catholic school, right? This guy. I didn't. I, I didn't. But I'm telling you, Lord, she went. She went viral two years ago. I think it was or three years ago, 2018, because they got to the final four, bro. Nobody expected that. They went on a major run, and they say a, a lot of it was to her. She prays to God every before every game. Wow. I said, man, not only do they have her, but they have a good team. They might beat Illinois, and that's exactly what happened. And it wasn't really that close of a – I felt like Illinois just didn't come out to play. And they have an NBA pro on their team, Io. He wears a little mask. and You, have, talk, you talk yeah, about him? You talk to him a lot. I like him. I think he's a pro for real. Junior, I think he's coming out. I think he's he's experienced. Um, he's going to be a top 10 pick. He should be. Coburn might put his name in the draft too, the big man. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm um <clears throat> make another shout-out, you know what I'm saying? Yo, my mom is here for a week, you know what I'm saying? I'm my mama's boy. Make Don't y'all judge me. This guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? My mama made that good old that, that good old cooking, you know what I'm saying? And my homeboy better get a plate before he leave. But, I will. <clears throat> I'm sorry, go ahead, though. I just <laughs> well, want to put that so out So we're wrapping up this guy. I just want to put that out there, you know what I'm so saying? So we're, we're, we're wrapping up the segment of March Madness. Pretty much, he he's going to give me a pair of Yeezys. That's going to be an easy gamble. Like, I'm not even worried about that. Like, that's an easy... Bet. Size 13. Buckle up. Bet. <laughs> size 13. I got you. <laughs> you know, so I, I'll take that. I'll take that. StockX, GOAT. Um, hey, I got the apps. It's all good. But the sleepers is definitely... Stimulus check. Be, I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely going to be a, a nice... Uh, a nice uh, um, sweet 16 into the late eight, Elite 8 into the Final Four because the Florida State matchup is going to be good. Um, with Michigan, we are the Alabama matchup is going to be good. So we'll see what happens, man. I really don't know. One team to keep your eye on, two teams: Syracuse, because Buddy Beheim, Coach Beheim's son, he's been balling, man. Like it, ever since, even even when the Big East tournament had ended, I, I felt like he's shooting almost fifty percent from three. Like you don't leave him open. At all period. Uh, yo, I thought Jim Beheim was like 90. He it seems like it, right? He, he has a son that's like in his twenties? Yeah. What the what what the Ladies and gentlemen, I'm introducing JJ to like 2021. Yo. I've been out of everybody, I'm gonna keep it real. I've been real I've been real out of touch. But he is about to give us some drop us some knowledge on boxing though. Well, it's it's a great fight. But before we get into the fight, real quick, just wrapping up. So Houston, they have what it takes to get to the final four. They're a very balanced team. Talk about guard play. I can see them getting to the Final Four as well. I'm not sure because now that Illinois has lost in the Midwest region, anything is possible. But I, I now that they lost because I had Illinois in my Final Four, I'm predicting either Loyola of Chicago or Houston to get to the Final Four. Uh, those are the two strongest teams. Uh, keep your eye out on Syracuse, and that's pretty much the only teams that I think. I know a lot of people are jumping on the Oregon bandwagon. I'm still not sold on them um, at all. So you should see probably Baylor, probably 
I don't know, Houston, Alabama, and Gonzaga is who I think I have, I don't know, in the Final Four. But those are the teams that look really, really good so far. They haven't really been tested at all because they're just so much better than their opponents. So that's what I have right now. Um, one more thing about an NBA pro to keep your eye out on is LSU's Cam Thomas. That dude is a walking bucket. Like, he, the only reason why I think they lost to Michigan is because he got cold in the second half. They went on to on a crazy, like, drought. They didn't score, like, eight minutes, something like that. And Michigan came back. I think they went on tear. They went, like, it was, like, an 18-old run or something crazy like that. So they end up taking it. But, yeah, Cam Thomas, he's good enough right now to enter his name in the draft. I think he'll go in the late, early teens. His, his, his coach, bro, his coach... At Oak Hill, last year, said this, he's the most talented scorer he's ever coached. That's what he, he dropped 30 in his sleep, bro. Cam Thomas. So look out for him in terms of the NBA draft. I know you asked me about this. Why are you looking at me like that? Wow. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> Cam Oak Thomas. Hill say, wow. Yeah. I'm say that all, all the time that came out of Oak he, Hill? They say he could drop 30 wow. in, his, in his sleep. Yeah. That sound like Durantulus. That sound like Yeah, yeah like, you know what? He kind of does remind me a little bit of Kevin Durant. Like, he just scores easily, bro. He can drop buckets. I just, I think he was a little bit tired because he didn't score. I think he scored, like, two, three points in the second half. Like, he was terrible in the second half. But And that's why Michigan, you know, kind of pulled it out. But, yeah, so those are a couple of the guys, a couple of names that I see in the tournament that's, that's definitely going to be NBA pros. Um, Arkansas is moody, that, which is why I think that Arkansas should win against Oral Roberts. But with Little Max, the leading scorer of the nation at 24 points a game, and Kevin O'Banner. I think um, Oral Roberts could beat Arkansas. I think that's going to be a close one. I do. Wow. I know you predicted Oral Roberts, but. Oral I, Roberts will win. I won't be shocked. But it's going to be a good one. Arkansas. God, Arkansas God, God is on their side. Yeah, Oral Roberts, right? The preacher. Yeah, you're right. So I'll just pencil Oral Roberts right now to the final four. <laughs> so let's talk about boxing. Uh, it was phenomenal, phenomenal Recap. card. Yep. Phenomenal card. Uh, I mean, Dazen is putting out great, 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 great fights. Mm -hmm. um, boxing needs Dazen right now. I, I, I'm really sold on Dazen. Shout out to Dazen. And I, and I think the subscription is very, very much worth it, man. Um, just the quality of fights they're putting out there. I mean, they, they give you a whole day worth of fights, and then they shut down for the second part mm -hmm. of the events. Right. When we're talking about events. Nobody's doing it better than Dazzle right now. Not Showtime, not PBS, right. not ESPN. They're not putting out as many fights, as oh, many events. They're not doing it. Um, now, there were some good fights this weekend, but I'm going to be on the main focus, Virgil Ortiz. You talk about him a lot. He's violent. <laughs> he's coming. He's hungry. Yeah. Um, Grand Prairie, Texas. He's from Texas. He's from Texas. Oh, know what I'm saying? is it about these Texas fighters? Hey, man. Like, even Hooker. Hooker's from Texas. Yeah, I know. That's Errol what I'm Spence, saying. Like, Errol, Texas. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Texas, hey, Texas. The, the, the Charlo brothers. brothers. Yep. They hey, Texas, Texas. Yeah. You know, Texas is putting yeah. on for the city, man. Exactly. They're they putting on for the state. Um, which is great. Benavidez and Jamal Charlo mm -hmm. signed a dotted line. They will be fighting. I saw that. Um, that is going to be... That, that is... Definitely they set a date for that yet? They have not set a date for that yet. Right. Um, now, for that. the biggest fight in boxing right now is 
Billy Joe Saunders and Canelo Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez is like on a world tour this year. Mm. This would be his third fight. I mean, he has to. Fight. I think he has what ten, eleven fights at something like yeah. that. Yeah, but Dazzin? this, but this is crazy. This guy, this would be his third fight already this year. Yeah, we're in what March? We're in Mar- yeah, he's fighting. He's fighting in oh, May. He's fighting pretty much every fought, month, every he, other yeah, month. He fought Smith. Right. Then he fought. I don't even want to talk about the other one. That doesn't count. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was that, not a fight. Yildirim. I mean, got two point five million. Canelo dollars. showed up. Canelo showed up, but not him. We <laughs> on that last segment, we saw about Yildirim, how bad it was. Right. The the, the fans deserve the, the the fans deserve better. Right. Um, but I would say like this. Billy Joe Saunders is undefeated. What he did to Lemieux, which is just 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 damn right disrespectful. This guy is slick. He can make you miss. He's a counterpuncher. He has he's a little a, power, all right? Sanders? He has decent power. He has right. decent power, but he makes people look bad. He's real. What he did to Chris Eubank Jr.? You oh, me, I didn't oh, see that fight. God. You told me about that fight. Oh, God. Oh, God. He, Chris <sighs> Eubank Jr. has been the same. Wow. He has been the same. Wow. Um, This guy is really slick. Like, he fights like a brother. Hmm. And we already know, Canelo... I think Canelo has definitely evolved since Floyd. Floyd Mayweather, yeah. Yeah. I he, mean, that was a while ago. That was a while ago. He was only yeah. like, what, 22, 23? Right, he was a young fighter. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not saying Billy Joe Saunders is a level of elusiveness and cat-like reflexes, but this guy can see punches before they come, and he can make you miss. Um, Man, that's, that's this, this is going to I, I really do feel... This you is think not going to be, be his easy, biggest challenge yet. His best. It's going to be a challenge he hasn't Mayweather had in a while. Triple G. Like what is this? Is Triple G didn't want to fight Billy Joe Saunders. They didn't because it's about styles. Right, styles make fights. And this guy moves all night. He mm. does not stand in one place. Right. He's very elusive. He can punch at weird angles. He needs to. And sometimes he actually switches. To Southpaw? Yeah. In the middle of just changing levels, changing sequences. If you if you're here, he gonna hit you with that hand. Right, right. If you he gonna hit you he can just switch it up. He's right. just Canelo's seen everything. We know this. We he's seen every style, he's seen everything, but it doesn't matter what you've seen, if you don't show up, it's about the night of the fight. And every fighter is not the same at every fight. That's this true. guy has fought this is gonna be his third fight this year. He is going on a world tour. So what is your expectation? What is your prediction for that fight? Um, I can't say an upset. I, I'm, I would be an idiot to even right. think that it would be an upset of Billy Joe Saunders beating Canelo. But anything I mean, can happen. Highly, Billy Joe. He, he can fight. He's good. He's good. Um, I wish Billy Joe Saunders and um, my boy, Demetrius Andre, I wish they would have went through with that fight that they were supposed to have, but it didn't mm-hmm. happen. Right. So, uh, with this fight with Canelo, this is the biggest fight of Billy Joe Saunders' career. Right. If he pulls this off, this will be one of the biggest upsets in boxing that we've seen in a while. That's saying a lot. This will be but a big upset. I think I have upset. to agree with that. This will be a big upset. Rematch, potentially? If that would have happened? Oh, of, oh, it's Canelo. He's the cash cow. Right. You know that's going to be a rematch. Right. He's the cash cow. So, um, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, um, I, I cannot wait to see that. 
Um, you know, Tyson Fury, man, he's he's a freak of nature. He's 6'9", he moves like Muhammad Ali. What are you going to do with that? That's a good But I did... I don't know. He's 6'9", and elusive? What, I, I, what are I, you going to do with that? I'm hoping that he's in, in shape and ready to go because... From some recent photos that I've seen, he's like they say he's like over three hundred pounds. Yeah, right he, now. he's out of shape. He's drinking and just chilling. I don't. I feel like he's not as focused, and maybe he'll get prepared as as the fight you know gets. And it's closer. crazy. The crazy part is that Anthony Joshua has mostly all the belts, but the one mm-hmm. that. Tyson Fury has. Right, right. If he beats Tyson Fury, he will be the undisputed heavyweight champion, yep. which we have not seen since Vladimir Klitschko. The undisputed yeah. heavyweight champion. Everything's on the line. Everything's on the line. So, of course, I'm going for the brother. I'm sorry. Call me. I'm going for the brother. Anthony Joshua. I'm going for the brother. I, I, I was going for but Fury, but, he, but he's un, but the crazy thing is he's the underdog. He's the underdog. He's a, which is this, which is why I feel like you might be right. I think Anthony Joshua might win the first one. I mean, there's a mandatory rematch, so I can see them splitting. Maybe Joshua will win the first. I think Joshua's going to be ready. I think he's. he's I think we're going to see I, the best we ever seen. I, I think he's going to be ready. I just, I'm. I'm he's I'm in, very he got a chip on his shoulder. Fury. I just don't think he's. He's he's drinking. He's chilling. He just. <laughs> I'm telling you, you ain't I, feeling I'm it, bro. Not, man. I'm like, man, are you trying to box? Or what you trying to do? Retire? The dude funny though. <laughs> he is hilarious, he's but hilarious, it ain't going to be hilarious if you know you get cleaned out. Like you get your clock clean. That's what I'm saying. And then he Joshua knows, has that power, man. And then also he knows there's gonna be a rematch, mandatory rematch. He's gonna make his bread. He's gonna make his money regardless. I don't know. I think he just. I mean, up. the richest heavyweight fighter in the world is Anthony Joshua, right now. Right now, yeah. he is the cash cow at heavyweight division. So, all right. So that's the actually heavyweight. he might be on a. He probably might be the most marketable and biggest star in boxing. Over Canelo. Yeah. I don't know. I, I agree with that one. Oh, you better look up the numbers. It's possible. You better look up the numbers. Canelo's uh, a cash cow, though. I don't know, man. Look up I, the I, numbers. I mean, so, so, but the face of boxing but is Eddie Hearn. Yeah. Eddie Hearn manages Andy Joshua. And Eddie Hearn has great business relationship with Dazzin. And also, we, I, I believe Asi La Jolla brokered the deal with Dazzin and Golden Boy. And then we know there was some discrepancies right. yeah. in a lawsuit between Canelo and Golden Boy. Right. So I guess Canelo was saying, you know, I'm going to finish out this contract, and he's trying to give us mm-hmm. the best fights right. that he can possibly give us. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. Anthony Joshua, I mean, dog, like, let's keep it real. Canelo never fought in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And it's so, right. hold up. You talk about a guy that got beat in Madison Square Garden. I don't want to talk about that. Come to New York. First time I ever come to America, you get knocked out. That was one of the biggest upsets in a long time. Yeah, we know. Right? <laughs> right, exactly. And, and y'all, look what the, he, the, if you look at the pay-per-view revenue, like the revenue for people that wasn't subscribed to Dazzin and streams, mm-hmm. he's a bigger star. He's a, I, I didn't know, he's a bigger star. That, listen, you look at guys, we, we you are. look at Canelo's streams, and you look at Anthony Joshua's streams, bro. Andy Joshua we, we, might we, be the most. I, I wish we can get a, a, someone to weigh in on that one. Who's yeah, the, big, who's yeah, the bigger? We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll, we will. Um, I will um, table that. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. We're gonna <laughs> He's get, not feeling that. Nah, I don't He's know. All right. Yo, man, it was an so, awesome fight. Uh, Albert Machado versus Andrew Fierro. Yo, um, 
we were talking about that earlier. I actually said Fuentes, but it's Fierro. So, with that being said, um, good correction, by the way. Oh yeah, because you know I'm, I'm sorry. All, all love to the the Hispanic community. I'm sorry. So, um, it's on me. Um, the fight. I was watching the fight, and Machado looked it really sharp, really good. Um, he hit him with a counter right hook twice. The second knockdown, I was like, oh, this fight's over. Right. This guy gets up, like just the brain was telling him, instantly, get up, you're not hurt. Like he hurt him, but he didn't. But this guy gets up, and he started to pound on Machado. And you know what? It's like the old school, the old school antidote of slick fighters. He just went to the body, man. He worked the body, body head, body head. He had he, he had a good corner. He kept his composure, mm -hmm. and he was clearly getting beat. Like he didn't win a round. <laughs> what? He, to me, he did not really convincingly win a round. And he comes back and knocked this guy out in the seventh round of the fight. It was the seventh. I think it was the seventh round, Great. and it yeah. was over. Machado was knocked out. How, how did he not win a round? He was get he was getting outworked. He was getting beat. Right. And you gotta think he was he got knocked down twice. That's an eight ten round. Yeah. So yeah. He, he was, was losing. He was clearly losing the fight. He was definitely losing the fight. Okay. I and see. he comes back, knocked this guy out. I mean, I don't want to like jump the gun. Man, that that jump got to be like one of the fights of the year, bro. Really? It got to be one of the it got to be the comeback one of the comeback of the year, bro. He came back in that the way he came back. Clearly losing, getting right. knocked down twice. What other fight have we saw this whole year, a comeback fight like that? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, you, I just watched some of those highlights. That was crazy. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. That was sick. That was amazing. Um, now, we're going to definitely look up some um, great fights for... April. <coughs> Excuse me. Come on, man. If you keep coughing like that, I'm going to have to put my mask on. <laughs> wrong too. Wrong too. Man. Wrong too, man. COVID. COVID. Dude, coughing. Man, you, can't, you, can't, coughing. You, can't, you can't talk like that around my mom, yo. She will freak freak out. Really? Yes. I'll put my mask on. Yes, she will. Oh, my God. So April third, Carl Frampton versus Jamel Hearing. I'm going Frampton. Hearing is good, and that's well, on ESPN too. Of course, let's be fight on. Um, I definitely will go. I'm I'm pulling for Frampton. You you like Frampton? I think you told me that earlier. Leo Santa Cruz and Frampton were legendary mm -hmm. fights, man. Those are like the old school gladiator yeah, fights. Right. Those were great fights. Frampton is a warrior. He's very undersized. Small. Small. Yeah. Harry likes fight on little guys. He has a history of fighting with smaller he, dudes. He fight like <laughs> small guys, man. Um, that fight's going to be good. Um, Foster Rodriguez is Friday, 26. That's going to be more in the United Kingdom, which is more matchroom sports. Okay. So that's going to be on the streaming service. I don't think it's going to be on Dazzin. Um Now... I did forget about this fight, and I have to step my game up. You know, I've been out of whack a little bit. Put Vutkin 
and Dylan White was, is fighting. I was going to ask you about that. They're, they're fighting Saturday, and I will be watching. And I'm pretty sure it's going to it's going to be on Dazzle. Um, Tell us about that. Dylan White was beating Pavuki in the first fight. Had to fight one, and got devastated by an uppercut. Mm. Devastated. I mean, lights out. You saw this fight. I didn't watch this. Yeah, fight. it was lights out. Wow. And he was clearly winning the fight. And Pavukin is known to knock people out. Knock, yeah. He has that power. He has that. that, that I Russian, know for the I, Russian power, yeah, dog. Yeah. Russian means power. <laughs> Poland right. means power. Right. Those guys knock guys out. Right, I got you. Serbians, power. You're right. You mean, um, I, I must break you type power. Yeah, this is on another level. <laughs> right. Um, now, you have a lot of fights in the UK um, that's on natural sports, stuff like that, which we're not going to be able to see over here. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, if it's not on a major network like Dazzin, we're more likely not going to be able to see There's been fights. a couple of fights on ESPN, um, top rank. They, they showcase some of the European fighters. Like on a Friday or something like that, um, but any other fights coming up that we should look for? <clears throat> and that fight against Frampton and Herring, we have to step our game up, and I have to step my game up. That fight's in Dubai. Mm-hmm. That's going to be blockbuster. Anything that's hosted in Dubai, it's 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 in Dubai. I mean. It's in Dubai. I, I wish we can get to Dubai. Oh man, it's me and you both. Now this this guy now this is the, this is a good undercard, super lightweight. This guy McKenna, I've seen him fight before out mm-hmm. of Ireland. I think he's yeah, I think he's out of Ireland. He's a good fighter. He's very underrated. He can fight. Now this guy he's fighting Turov. I've never heard of him, and I think he's oh I'm not I think he's Russian or Ukrainian. Which they're always good fighters. Yeah. Always good fighters. Um, I tell you what, man. Japan are producing... Yeah, you told me that before, too. Good fighters. I'm very surprised. Japan is doing really well. Um, other than that, there's not a big name, a big fight out there. But there are a lot of fights. And guess who's doing it? Dazzin. Dazzin are hosting these good fights. Yeah. Um, Dazzin is on fire, man. Dazzin is on fire. Um, now, there's another good fight for the month of April as well. Um, the man that retired, the alien, the legend, Bernard Hopkins. The executioner. Smith is fighting Vlasov. And it's for the it's vacant. See, this is the thing with boxing, man. It's all these, these vacant titles. Yeah, I know. He, I know. He really, too many belts. Too many belts because this guy. I was counting all those belts that he got out there. Too many belts. Um. Now Smith can punch. He's a hell of a puncher because we saw what he did to Bernard Hopkins. He literally punched him out of the ring. He literally told him, you don't belong in the ring, old man. Don't you get your ass back up in here, boy. You stay your ass out there. Don't you dare come back in here again. He felt, when well, me and my dog, brother, I was crying. He fell through. 
He fell through the ropes, the rent, bro. And you, and, and, and you, and, and you, you know, Bernard Hawkins is one of my favorite boxes, but that is that was the end <laughs> of the end, and he did not come back. He retired as he should have. Now, now this is a heavyweight prospect, um, by the way of Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've told you about this guy, but he's he is a blockbuster knockout artist. Okay, uh, Ajamba. Okay, talk to me about Jabo. I don't think I heard him. Um, from Nigeria, he was a soccer player. He was like 6'5", mm -hmm. soccer player. Just took up boxing. And they just said this guy has tremendous power. He was a natural? Oh, he, he was a soccer player. I know, but, but he just picked up boxing. He just also? picked up boxing, yeah. He's um, he's getting trained by Ronnie Shields. Ronnie oh, Shields man. trains him. Ronnie Shields is good. You know, he trains Charlo, one of the Charlo brothers. Yeah. And uh, Ajagba has gotten better. But it, the only thing is he struggled with low-level opposition and they're smaller guys. He doesn't fight smaller fighters very well, even though he has, he's 6'5", right. yeah. with a, like an 80-inch reach. That's what I'm saying. Why would he struggle with smaller guys? For some reason, he I don't know. He doesn't fight small guys well. He gets... At what weight is he fighting at? He's a heavyweight. Oh, you did say that. He's a heavyweight. And he's fighting Howard and he's on ESPN and Premier Sports. Um, can't wait to see that. What 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 big is that fight? <coughs> Sorry. It is it is in April and it is on the April April tenth, which is my mom's birthday. And uh oh, I probably will birthday. be in Richmond. We can okay. go we can go we can hit Richmond up. It's on April tenth and it's on ESPN. Okay. And um, guess who else is fighting that night? Boxing is putting out a lot of fights on April 10th. I'm a, I feel some type of way. April. And it's all on different networks. Showtime is putting out an event. Uh, ESPN is putting out an event. Uh, yeah, ESPN, Showtime, they put out events that night. And the cool thing is... It's going to be a busy night, man. Yeah. For us. This is a dangerous fight. And me and you have talked about this, brother. He is a Philly fighter. Boots Ennis. Yeah, we talked about this guy yeah, before. Dude, dude, the phenom. Switch hitter. Dude, he can do it all. Right? He can do it all. Yeah. Dude, the phenom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he is yeah. what you call a boxing prodigy. Right. For real. He's on the level of Terrence Crawford. Mm, yeah. He, you think I, he'll be he'll be like the next... Terrence Crawford will make sure he's out of boxing by the time... You know, this guy's already... He can fight from 140 to 147. And guess who he's fighting? This is I a, was going to ask you. Who's he fighting? This Lippinets. Hmm. Lippinets, though. And Lippinets had good fights. Yeah. Big fights. And he knocked guys out. This is, this is probably <clears> going to be one of the bigger fights. Oh, yeah. This is going to be that people are showtime. people don't know about. Yeah. This, this is going to be a sleeper. This is, right. should be a good fight. And this is a challenge for Ennis. Because Lippinets can catch you and he can get you out of there. Hmm. This is a definitely a step up in competition for him. So I'm worried. We gotta watch that one. Oh yeah, we watching that. And it's in Connecticut. Okay. Is it a Mohegan Casino in Connecticut? And it's April 10th, man. There's a lot of yeah, good fights yeah, April 10th. Yeah. And the undercross for that fight is Delorme. He's still fighting. Um, <laughs> How old is that guy? Delorme, actually he's, he's been doing it for us. a while. He's been fighting for a while. Yeah. He's been fighting for a while. He's, he fell short on world titles.
Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still fighting, man. Um, this is a April tenth. We gotta definitely mark that on the calendar, April tenth. But our goal is May eighth. We are trying to be in the building at the AT and T Stadium <laughs> in the beautiful Fort Worth slash Dallas. Slash yep. Arlington, slash Irving. We're going to be in the building all up in Texas, man. In. Already. We out there. Nigel Benson, which is a beast like his dad. That's another fight. And you know what? Dazzin has an event on April 10th. April 10th is a big, big, big day for boxing. Big day. Every major network, it looks like, yeah. are having fights. Right. Um... April 16th, there's another event on Dazzin. Dazzin is running the game, yo. They're bringing fights. They're bringing fights. There's no shortage of fights with Dazzin. No shortage, man. They, yo. And then, uh, Askren and Paul are fighting. I don't care about that. That's the YouTuber who um, took the life of Nate Robinson. We talked um, about that already. Well, he did. No, we, we talked about we that. Did. You're going to go back into but that. But we're going back into that. I don't want to. What he did to my black brother is a hate crime. All right? Jake Paul is racist. He's racist. I'm calling you racist, bro. The way you did. We're, we're about man, to wrap this up. The way, the way you did my man's, bro. Was disrespectful to all black people. Yeah, you shouldn't have gotten into that ring then. You wasn't ready. That's a disrespect to the, the fighting game. You training less than, less than a month that you going to fight. Poor great. Pro Gray's fighting too. Really? Yes, he's so fighting. That's a lot. Say, this is a so lot of fights. April is a big, my bad. Yeah. And uh, our boy, well, he's my boy. Uh, Saturday, April 17th. Guess who's fighting, bro? Oh. Demetrius Andrade. Oh, he is. Oh, he is scheduled to fight. He scheduled to fight and one dazzle, April seventeenth. Okay. We we're market that. calendars, ladies and we gentlemen. We watching that. Yeah, we market calendars for that day. Lemieux is fighting. Um, Lemieux ain't been the same since Billy Joe Saunders schooled him. This is bad. Um. April is a big month for every network for boxing. Um, so everybody tune into that. We're definitely going to get some good commentary on these fights. And uh, God bless everybody. We out. Yeah, we out of here. Yo, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Time to Weigh In podcast. We out.